0: Hey, and welcome to the Cricket Report Card. Um, big week this week. We've got uh, chat Matt Wade's heroics in the semifinal, Mitch Marsh, Australia falling in love with him, and where is David Warner's legacy after his heroics in the final. Here to talk Cricket World Cup, just
1: 12 hours after Australia's win, is James. Yeah, spectacular win against the All Blacks um, in the Cricket 2020 World Cup. Um, did some great things. Mitch Marsh, 70 odd, didn't get up for it. Similar time slot as the Wallabies. Um, did the Wallabies play? Did the Wallabies (laughs) play Jim? I don't
2: know. Did they, I know this is a cricket report part, but did the Wallabies play Jim? They played man. They played their hearts out for about 60 Oh, who did they play? Like, I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't
0: catch it, mate. But uh, I'm sure you tell us short... about it.
2: This is going to be a short
0: podcast.
1: If Richard, you, if you, you know my it. roots, mate? I'm from the motherland. God save the queen. I'm with you. Swing low, mate. You flip flop from one week to the other, mate. Who knows where you're from now, mate? I, I'm trust me. I'm, I always go back to my roots.
0: Check the heritage, mate. You can trace me back to the first convicts. <laughs>
1: Explains a lot. Explains a lot. Uh, first prostitute, first prostitute, actually. are you don't you have some American shit in you? Or is that just you trying to get a green card?
0: Grandfather's American. So I got got that in there too. Not not, not looking great for me. Mm-hmm. You know what
1: else I got? I got a bit of Irish in me, mate. A bit of Irish <laughs> blood running through these veins. So let me get this straight. So you're an Irish
2: rugby supporter, an English rugby supporter uh american in here does, does do you support anyone else like uh, australia in uh, the cricket just to you know <laughs> can, I, can i just confirm that this is the only cricket report card we definitely will not <laughs> be doing one um during the ashes i so want to make that abundantly clear now could could though yeah why not because <laughs> we're gonna get shit on that's why this is way <laughs> isn't fun. that
1: the most british thing man just fucking whinging about having to show up to work Hey, eh? i don't think i mentioned work jim at any point but uh no, I'm talking about the English cricket team coming down for the Ashes. No, we're not going to run this, are we?
0: <laughs> this is this has worked really well. We're five minutes in, and I haven't yes. had to address the wallaby. Show. Typical British. <laughs>
2: Uh, right. So, do you actually want to start with the game of the round, the, the uh, Irish New Zealand games? Do you actually have to avoid talking about the Wallabies' loss? No, no, no. Let,
0: let, let's um, let's get the elephant out of the room because I really do want to talk about that Ireland New Zealand game. That was uh, absolutely sensational. But oh yeah, he's not that heavy. Um, no, let's talk about the Wallabies. Let's get in there. Let's get in there. I'll start. They were shit. Um, I mean. Look at the end of the day. Um, surprised by how well they fought. Actually, um, the the Wallabies. I, I think they they looked like uh, a disjointed shamble that met in the car park before the game, and 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 that's how they played. But they played with heart. Um, they defended really well. The 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 defence was was quite strong. Um, they just never fired a shot. Uh, and, you know, when you have horrific discipline and concede 20 penalties and two yellow cards, you're in a fair bit of Barney. Um, and, and I guess, and this isn't me having a shot, you know, England kept us out of their 22 for the whole game. I thought England looked just as disjointed too. Um, and it, and it, for me, it just made for an ugly, unpleasant game of rugby.
2: Yeah, I think just to build on that that point a little bit, we were... You know, Eddie Jones came into this uh, this experience talking about that this was going to be a, a watershed moment for England to, to 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 break the shackles and to to change the and uh, the narrative really that is around Northern Hemisphere rugby and about England rugby and what the World Cup final was. You know, and he talked about having an, an ensemble of backs that we're going to utilise, etc. And for the for the first part of the game, you know, they did look a little bit more creative, but it was very interesting that when the pressure or the pressure started to increase and the and the game was quite close. Uh, it was revert back to, to Taipei, you know, kicking a lot um, and slowing the ball down. And it was, it was disappointing um, because obviously you want to win these, you want to go into these games and, and probably execute a lot better than what we did. So I would agree with your point that yes, there's a lot of growth uh, for England. There are some highlights and so we'll talk about them later, but I would agree it was, it was a very scrappy game uh, that didn't live up to the, the, the hype. Um, and hopefully, you know, in the next time we play, which is the three test series next year, I believe, uh, that hopefully both teams will be be performing at a higher level.
0: All right, this is a cop out, and I'll throw to you on on this one, Jim. And it is a cop out because we've lost what seven on the run against England. They're pumping us. They beat us at home. They pumped us at Twickenham. But honestly, going off what you said, Richard, and again, I'll acknowledge that this is a bit of a comment. It just didn't really feel like a test match. It felt like a a trial. England team played a mercenary wallaby team um you know normally when these two teams meet it's like oh shit um i don't know maybe maybe it was just coming down from the new zealand island game what, what do you reckon about that jim i
1: think it's what there's a there's a big risk that this is what these tests can turn into these back end of the wallaby season the very start of the english season like you're getting two very opposite sides of the spectrum come come and meet each other and we're just both teams just aren't very good. Any team can get up when there's an underdog, like that element was there for the Scottish game. That element was there for the Irish game. So there is that, that interest, that intrigue. Could they pip, could they pip the um, the favourites? But with this one, it was, you know, Australia were $5. That was very much against. Um, but England, I don't know, man. They Like you were saying, they just had very much disjointed attack and it was very, very low-risk football. Um and yeah, I wasn't. It didn't have that atmosphere. I think it just
2: got. I think it's hard uh, just to put your point about it feeling like a test match for me. I think what makes a test match uh, atmosphere is not only the crowd but the intensity and. Yeah, it probably didn't reverberate as much as the Island um, New Zealand game probably did, because you know. But let's look at the spectacle that was on play. I still think the crowd was hugely involved in it, and the intensity was up there as opposed to a regular season game. Um, but I feel like you walk away from it saying it wasn't a Test match to use your standard because the level wasn't at what it's
1: what it's used to for the England for an England Australia game. And they were never given the opportunity for the boys to play, mate. It wasn't a chance for them to play spectacularly. That whistle went off every fucking three balls, three. Rucks, it was ridiculous. I was just going to say that is how the referee plays it. I really liked the way
2: that um, I don't know the guy, sorry, off Tom Ed. Yeah, I like the way that the uh, no, not Yaka. I liked the way the English ref, uh, referee the Island New Zealand game. I thought it was, you know, and we'll come to that game. But it was so quick. The rucks were quick.
1: You know, he was articulate board. too, wasn't he? Uh,
2: and whereas, you know, it just. Yako and the TMO, you know, just slowed it down a little bit. And what shocked me in terms of that, I was looking at some stats, you know, I love a little bit of stats, uh, you know, in, in terms of time in possession, do you know, actually, according to the stats, the time in possession total for both teams only equated to around 29 minutes, 29 what, minutes. What was happening the
0: rest of the game?
2: Exactly. You know, like seriously, it's it's that that idea of trying to play quick, fast rugby needs both teams to want to play. Um, but also a referee to to do that as well. But I have to say it felt like a test match more so than a regular season
1: game, but not yeah, at the it, same level as everyone. You know, that the product you get is so fucking dependent upon who's got the whistle. It just dictates everything. And that's why if you know your referees, like you do, Richard, if you know them, you know what type of spectacle you're in for. Like I, a French dude, it's going to be a fucking mess and Australia will lose. That's the That's how it goes. <laughs> Yako loves getting involved, and he loves blowing it up because there's infringements everywhere. It's impossible.
0: Yeah, I I find Yako's Dr. Jacqueline, Mr. Hyde, mate. It's three out of four is the slowest affair ever, and then one of them is just a fucking barnstormer where he puts the whistle away. Um, It's always quite inconsistent, and and I don't want to sound like we're running away from the game here, right? Richard, Richard deserves to gloat. Australia got pumped by England. It's a lot on the trot, Um, but. Uh, and, and I mean, it's an old cliche, but it's true. When rugby's bad, it's really bad. When rugby's good, it's the best sport in the world. Um, and, and and you literally saw chalk and cheese. when and and um, and I've said this to you boys. I woke up not on purpose for the New Zealand Island game. My young fella woke up, and you know, I, I just checked stands, see what was happening. They they were singing the anthems, got my blood going, and I thought I'll just watch it to New Zealand get in front by ten, and then oh, oh, on my phone. Um, I, um, and then I just couldn't stop watching. It was so good. And when rugby's good, it's good. Um, and then to just go into when rugby's bad, it's bad, a game with 30 penalties, two yellow cards, 400 injury stoppages, um, and the ball in play for 29 minutes, not to mention the amount of drop balls. Holy fucking moly, it was torture. Um it, it honestly felt like we were watched back to Super Rugby. We just watched the Kiwi game, and then on came on the Aussie Derby. Um, it, it was it was just a grim, grim watch. And what I would say about Yako, the thing that shits me is, lots of people defend it. You know, there's a lot of rugby people out there who just. Take that stance that you never you never diss the ref. And and I like that. I like that we've got this in this game. I think we've got certainly not me, but I like that we've got those people. Um, but a lot of Yako was technically correct. I struggle with that one because in our game, every single contact and every single breakdown, you could be technically correct and blow a penalty.
2: And I think Honestly, what we what we just need to say is the fact is, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but I feel like there's a theme of Australian ill-discipline that initiated back in the checker days where he wanted you to push the, the boundary and push the referee as much as possible because you have to to find where the line is and then you, you step back from it. So I feel that discipline has ill-discipline has continued and I think something needs to change. And it was interesting, as Hooper said after the game, that he went off around that 60-minute mark, you know, that Nick White became captain for a little bit, James O'Connor came captain for a little bit, and they're all part of that leadership group. But does that actually actually show a lack of leadership um, across the whole board, and that that is something that needs to be addressed, because Mate, that, that's just-
0: that's a very good shout. I think you know we come in here and, and shit on the refs, and and, I, and God, I always will. Um, but but we've got a problem. Australian rugby, you've got a problem with ill discipline. Um, it's like
1: the cricket team, isn't it? Yeah, the cricket team. Rewind the clock a bit, because Nick White, Nick White doesn't shut the fuck up, man. If you're he's he's really annoying, and and I like that element of him, but your captain can't be doing that you got to be way more respectful and dignified, which is why O'Connor sort of sits that role a little bit better. Uh, a few too many loose cannons.
0: You know, you've got out Hooker, who's immoral for three penalties a game. Um, you got Paisami in, inside, good for a couple of penalties a game. Wright will always give you one or two dumb ones on the wing.
1: So dumb.
0: Um, you know, and, and I think it, I don't remember what coach it was, but they said if you're under seven infringements for the game, you should win when was the last time the wallabies were under seven penalties for a game? Um, and, and surely it can't be some conspiracy theory against the wallabies. We must no. just be losing the plot when it comes to our discipline um and, and it is disappointing and it felt like it was a hallmark of the Checker era um but but is, is that a byproduct of not trusting each other? i, think I mean so. at this point the wallabies were cheering for a jersey
2: color. We're not even cheering. It's a it's a different team to who played a month ago. I think it's um, two things. Not only, not only it's trusted you, but it's that consistency, okay, of knowing where you are. And when you don't have the mate next to you, you're under pressure. And because you've lost those combinations, you're on the back foot a lot. So you have to give away penalties more because of it. And I think that's one thing that we need to think about. And Rennie did say it's too many dumb penalties, but you make you give away dumb penalties when you're under pressure. And that comes from not trusting your mate. It's an no, interesting sorry, I point though, because I, I
0: genuinely think New Zealand give away smart penalties. Yes. Um, Australia give away dumb, dumb, dumb penalties. Um, so that shit was disappointing. I mean, we can get into the Australian players, but it, it did really feel like it was a collective problem this game. And I guess how I felt watching it, I think I would have been fine if you know we were paying five dollars seventy-five in a two horse race. I think I would have been fine or comfortable if, if we ran out there and we got pumped at scrum time. England got ahead, you know, kicking their points because we were getting pumped at scrum time. And before I knew it, we were down by 12 and England scored some good tries, but we fought back, we scored a try and we defended our hearts out. Hey, we lost by 20, so be it. I think the the, the killer for an Australian fan was we literally never fired a shot. I can't think of once we had three phases um, I can't think of once we did a set-piece play. I can't think of once we are inside the England 22 and the fucking penalties. It just was such a painful
1: watch. <laughs> there were reactionary penalties. They'd put some points on us and then we turn around and then we get one off the kickoff, which kept it a contest, which, which had my attention. I think the most disappointing thing to come out of the whole thing was our defensive line. It shouldn't be that simple to break through on your 50-metre um, our scramble was up to scratch, and Nick White did some fucking heroic shit as he did last week as well, which is awesome. Gregginess. Yeah, but you can't you can't slot your hooker in to run 40 metres and then back it up with someone else four plays later. Like, it was too weak, too weak on the outskirts. Curly totally yeah. really
0: tackling, but it's proper laugh out
2: loud shit. Yeah, I know. That one moment where for the, the try, the first try, um, where Curly didn't even really make an attempt to make that tackle. He <laughs> um, yeah, comes back off your the point, bench for
1: his club team. What's going on here?
2: I think that, that further, the defence a little bit further, so away from the breakdown. So initially that breakdown, uh, the, the post and around in that first pod, the defence is quite uh, quite good. But you're right, Jim, when you go a little bit further, because they got Marcus Smith out, particularly in that first half, a bit wider using Farrell and Tuolangi. And when he got a bit out wider, the defence was poor reads from a number of players, I would agree, particularly at that 50 meter mark. Quite too poor. And, and um, it's like you were trying to hide some players um, by getting them out wider because they thought England would go straighter. And look, they didn't utilize it enough. But um, definitely, when England got wider and Marcus Smith got out to the outside backs, so they looked a lot more threatening. Um, but the thing that the thing that, could, that concerns me is just go back to to you, Blake, because I think that one of the issues was that. Um, the the ruck ball was really slow from Australia, which actually limited the attacking opportunities. Uh, I think if you watch like the Ireland game and you watch the England game, everybody clears out and everybody seals and everyone gets it, uh, gets the ball out quicker. Whereas I think Australia were really laboured in the way that they were clearing the ball out because it became slower. It became that's the reason why they had to kick away possession a lot more. Um, and I think that's something you really need to work on. Um, is that is that like clean out? You know, getting getting quicker ball because it just wasn't wasn't possible this weekend. Yeah, timing
1: it well. No. Um,
0: what do you boys think overall? The the decision by Rennie, and we all backed it, um, which I think we backed it twofold. I, I hate this idea of just planning for a World Cup. Um, I want wins week in, week out. We, we've had this conversation endlessly on this podcast. I, I hate the World Cup calendar. I want the Wallabies winning each and every week. So in that respect, I actually favoured bringing in older, experienced, talented blokes um, ahead of the development players because this is the Wallabies. You don't earn your stripes playing for the Wallabies. And i backed back to Rennie making that decision. I actually I enjoyed the salt and pepper, the media circus of you know bringing in these Northern Hemisphere players and these Japanese players. It added to the excitement of the tour for me. Um, I think you know where I'm going with this. Was it a failure, though, when we look at the players that have been brought into the squad? Would have we been better off? you know, having Jock Campbell playing 15 for, for this whole series? Would have we been better off? Do you Darcy Swain. love that
1: kid, mate? He, he barely football. makes
0: the Reds, man. Darcy so. Swain and Matt Phillip playing in the second row who, who really came on down here. You know, would we be better having Nos Lanigan getting more minutes at Hooker? He'll probably be our backup Hooker come the World Cup. Like, what do you think? It Was the experiment wo- worth it? I'm talking Arnold, Latu, Skelton, Beal, a lot of them?
2: I'll go and say initially, if in a, I think it's too small a sample size to make a decision from that. I think if you look at the South Africa uh, model for a while, if you're picking the same guys overseas consistently, I think you then get that consistent selection, you get your patterns, your combinations, and I keep using that word consistently, and I think that's okay. But if you're only going to do it uh, periodically or sporadically, should I say, sporadically, then I don't think it works. Um, in answer to your question, Question right now. Um, I don't think it would have made a a huge difference, if I'm honest, but I think Will Skelton is a bit of a myth. Um, He did not play at the level that I wanted to. I just want to say that (laughs) what it is. So I think if you're going to pick it, if you're going to consistently pick your overseas players, I think it's a good option. If you pick them and then don't pick them for a while and then pick them again, that's a bad option. I think it
1: comes down to um, coaching style. It's completely what do the coaches' philosophies align with? Is it um, get the culture back across the globe? Get the, the old players in to teach the young? Is it just have it fully young? Um, I think the results from the test matches that we've seen would have been pretty similar to what we have. I'm just going to stick with the – I think the right decisions were made with what we had because I, I've, I've turned in the last few years. I'm a big believer in shelter the young. Don't Don't bring them through these experiences – when they're not ready, I'm huge on the uh, the they have a full preseason before you jump into the next season. That style, like really go home, rest the body, work your fucking ass off, and execute at Super Rugby before we throw you on this big stage. And you just end that, you join that endless life cycle, um, that perpetual rugby calendar of international two months off, you're back in it where you never get that rest. I'm I'm really curious about what the other side of the coin looks like, which is why I'm pretty in for this.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I actually, I saw Hooper giving a speech to the boys on his birthday with the schooner on, on the social medias, um, and he said, I've never had a birthday in Australia since I was 18, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's good to be with you boys. It just shows you that that bloke has been on this fucking tour every single year, right? It's, it's an endless cycle. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and I don't think, in all seriousness, any of them have added anything. Um, it looks like Quaid and Karevi were just the perfect ingredient in terms of we needed a 10 and a 12 um, and their head was in the right spot. It, it it just looks like these guys have been cruising in European football and just weren't up to the standard. Um, I don't think any of them have added anything, and I think had Swain, for oh, example, think- or Matt Phillip played all of these minutes. I mean, the only one who I think has been. Arnold. Rory Arnold, really but I agree. I think he's been quite good now. Mall defense has been immense.
1: I, I don't think he he's looked any better than, than Swain or Phillip did. If you boil this down, though, you look like Quaid was in fucking camp for five weeks before they threw anything his way. Karevi went and got fit for the sevens before joining in. They're playing at a different pace. They're playing a different style. That really is the beneficiary of all the combinations and experiences of Super Rugby. Um. Uh, And when you throw like this Northern hemisphere style of rugby into this mix, it doesn't gel straight away. Like Bill looked lost the whole fucking time. He's much, he's a much better football player than that. Or he was at least. What is he now? I'm not sure. He's always taken photos at fucking the Louvre and shit every time I check up on him.
0: Yeah, but we've said it a thousand times. We've all played in that third, fourth grade team where you get a couple of ring-ins from first grade and you're thinking, fuck, it's on. We're going to pump them. And you get out there and you're just atrocious because no one's ever played together. That's how the Wallabies look to me. Um, a bunch of disparate individuals trying to overplay their hands to compensate for zero continuity. Compare that to Ireland, who, who, let's be honest, three of their best players were Kiwis who didn't make it. Um, but they played club rugby together. I think 10 of the 15 all start for the same club. Week in, week out, they just played, like they look like one unit doing one thing. We look like the antithesis of that. I think England did too. Um, They look like a hodgepodge of a team just put together, Um, but I think you can see what they were playing at. I watched it and I was like, ah, so you're playing Farrell, first receiver, for the first three phases, and when you see space, that's when Smith comes in at first receiver. I like that. I see what you're getting at here with Australia three games into this tour. Japan, Scotland, England. I've I couldn't tell you what, what we're trying to get at. Um, I, I have no idea.
1: If we're uh, just like, trying to get Adline and build off it. That's that's it. Like I didn't get Karevi cut out. Adline's just not there. Poissami oh. is a small human. He has hell of impact ability, but he is not a like for like. I thought he was great on the weekend, Paisami. I thought that Excellent was the best indeed. game.
0: No, even in attack, he was our only bloke who made a line break. How many? Uh, only one. I don't think we made any other. Um, but I thought Paisami was great on the weekend. I thought, um, obviously, Crevice stock goes higher every week. We lose without him. Yeah,
1: look, I'm in for Paisami too, like fully in. I'm just really surprised at the call for Parisi to join and expect shit to be different.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm big on Parisi, but again, I think – Center is in our problem. Obviously, we'd love to have Simon crevy but but our problem is clearly, clearly game management.
2: I would also add a little bit more than that. Not only game management, but I just feel like uh, winning contact, taking the ball flat. I feel like you need a game plan. Whether you run off nine and he crabs across and he gets someone to take it flatter, whether you need a ten that takes it flatter. Uh, I feel like. Um, not only kicking corners game management, but I just feel like you need to change when you don't have Karebi getting over it, you need to take the ball. As I say, take the ball flatter. Someone needs to. So you're rumbling on and you're getting past the advantage line. Because I don't think we talk about the importance of that enough. And when you win that contact, getting over it, that's everything comes from that. And I just in this series you've gone backwards in that in that,
0: in that we have, but again, and, and this is where I, I will kind of vouch for the lobbies play the last 20 minutes of that game without any of our good players. <laughs> I think we came in here and said last week our top four players are Hooper, Tupo, Karevi, Corobetti.
2: None of them were on the field in the second half. I don't doubt that, but I still feel that you could get Tate on or you could get Nick White on, you know, at least giving the ball flat to a to a Valentini to take it up or Leota use their weight to to, you know, just keep possession for a while. Go through a few phases. You know, just, just totally get your four best players are not playing, but I think game management, game styles, just off the cuff needs to be a little bit, you just need to be a bit smarter.
1: These are what these these tours are, But Last 10, 15, when people are getting depleted and a few of them are getting that'll do pigged, you just, this is where you need those ones who are here for that reason. This is what it tastes like, man. Well, that's what I wanted
0: to ask you boys. Has has this temporary COVID spell um, made travelling infinitely harder? Playing away oh, from hard. home has always been hard in rugby, but but look what happened to South Africa when they came to Australia. Um, look what's happened to New Zealand. Look what happened to all of the Northern Hemisphere teams, lines included, uh, when they travel. I mean, South Africa right now is bucking the trend, but I, but I don't think they've played anyone good yet in the North. They, they've
1: got shit to prove, South Africa.
0: Yeah. Um, They're the only one bucking the trend, but but I think they played a a shitty Wales um, and a a Scotland which looked better against us than they are. Um, Do do you think COVID has just made playing away from home, especially at the end of the season, um, you know, indefinitely harder, like just obscenely difficult? I even heard, but this is before the All Black game, Foster talking about it, how hard it was to just keep the boys up, just being in a bubble.
2: Yeah, I would say it's not necessarily the actual game part of it, but I think the thing that makes it harder is being in the bubble. And I don't think they're in a bubble. They may not be in as a stringent bubble now as what they are, but yes, I think being in a bubble, not being able to access all those things has made it incredibly hard because uh, motivation, home-cooked food, you know all those things which you don't have access to, I I just think it's made it very, very hard.
0: I think, honestly, I think that's what we're seeing in this too, and that's not to discredit Ireland's efforts. Um, or England's efforts for that regard, but but it fucking it looks tough, mate. The COVID stuff—it looks like it's made it um, made it pretty pretty difficult. Um, what did what did you think about England? I, I like I said, I, I I thought they looked pretty shit. I thought Youngs looked slow at the breakdown. I thought Marcus Smith is going to be a freak, but it looked very
1: crabby across Had his fields. number. Had his number that day
0: um, and shoveled a lot of shit. Um, to the players around him to take the hit for him. Um, he looked no, like from a, a neutral or a, a non-English fan. Definitely, it looked not a very d-
2: Definitely not a neutral. A fair play. He
0: looked distinctly un-English. But I think Farrell, Ford, Wilkinson, um, the, the only one I could liken him to is Cipriani. He, just a wild card in terms of he just didn't seem to have, it looked Southern Hemisphere is what I'm saying. It was a mess. <laughs>
2: Look, I think, I think, yeah, disjointed uh, is a, definitely a word, an adjective to describe England's performance, or inconsistent. You know, um, a lot needs to change. Marcus Smith is definitely not an archetypal ten. That's that's obviously or an English ten over the last few years. Um, I like the fact that he, they used him um, at times to to get out wider, get out to those outside backs. I like the fact he took it flat at times and did get absolutely monstered at times. Um, but you know what, Smith and Farrell have never played together. There's still a lot to work out there, and you know we've just said those combinations of 10, 12 need to be uh, need to be improved. And um, the one player that I thought played really well, you know, Freddie Stewart. He's you know only played four games for England. He's very secure under the high ball. I think he's quite yeah. electric. I think he's yeah, he a, a real high a high point. Um, do the forwards still need to improve? Yes. Um, still look for those big hits at time, but they're quite mobile. I like the fact that you know Laws um, had a hand intended in one of the tries, um, a adds so much, um, all of them, um, jackal over the ball. So there are uh, a lot of strengths and a lot of positives. But was it the exciting brand of rugby that we hoped it would be? No, should we, um, obviously complain because we've beaten a, a team that was on the on the on a high? No, we shouldn't. So we need to look at those positives. We don't want to be too doom and gloom. Eat a team hey, that hey, was hey. on a
1: high. What are you talking about, man? We lost a yeah, slightly
2: <laughs> yeah, true. I think the big test. I think the bigger test, and I don't mean this this is against South Africa next week. You know, if you look at the World Cup, we didn't play very well in the Six Nations, and there was so much going on in that. You know, New Zealand we played a lot more expansive. We play South Africa, we played them at their own game and got stuffed. You know, what are we going to do next week? Because if we do the same thing, we go back to Taipei, we're going to go absolutely hammered. So yeah, that, that will be
0: interesting because I think if um, if you change your hand, there's enough talent in that back line. Yeah. Um, with Slade at thirteen, Smith at ten, there's there's enough doing to, to actually put something on. Yeah. Um, but fuck, all in all, a shit game of rugby. Yeah, disappointing. Just yeah, glad I didn't get up. Oh mate, it was just truly awful. And I guess I, I don't want to not I don't want to miss my shot here. The fucking TMO mate, and, and this isn't he screwed Australia. Um, Ireland copped it. New Zealand oh, he's copped it. Copped it. Zealand Fiji it. copped it. They copped it. Wales yeah. copped it in the ass. <laughs> All right, wow. there you go. Wow. Um, the 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 fucking TMO man <laughs> is just the worst. Um, the the every single try, and I mean the fact now that refs don't even bother to say, "Can you check this thing?" They just say, "Check, check. Can you just check?" Just find fucking anything to ruin the fun for everyone. Um, Everyone's cheering
1: that we just saw a try scored. Can you just check and ensure that no fun can be had? You know what I miss? Fucking hell. The fucking back page articles that run shouldn't have been a try but was, you know? Bring them back. Bring them back. (laughs) Sports journalism's missed. It's fucking ruined. Don't write the article, mate. It's not worth it anymore. And the fucking intervening
0: on on obstruction runners
1: for high balls, fuck and off! And you know what man. we need to do? We need to give lane. these fucking TMOs some some camera time. You know, get them to write shit. Get their social medias. Like, give them an opportunity to cop it.
0: Let's we'll see how know. much
1: they intervene then.
0: And the, the 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 real problem, the real problem, is the TV producer. The away team does something. It's just on the big screen until eighty thousand people go, oh. Uh, we better check it, TMO. Can you, the fucking home team contact in the air and uh, push on? Nothing to see here. Yeah, like they, oh, they literally. fine. The, the, the producer at the stadium decides what gets played on the big screen. That that's fucked, mate. That can't be happening. That's manage. Do um,
2: I don't know what uh, what it's like, Jim. You can tell us in the NFL, but in the basketball, there's a two minute report that gets sent out, and it's like within the last two minutes, basically. Eddie, the referee's performance gets analysed. And if there's a oh. mistake, uh, it all comes out. So this should have been, it was a bad call. This is what should have happened, etc. cetera. It's two-minute report. Would you like to see a last 10-minute report or something where just a snapshot or a TMO report or a report that comes out that analyses decisions positively and negatively to make it a bit more objective?
0: Can, can I jump on that? Um, I don't hate the idea, but I actually think... Um, to, to what you said a week or two ago, Richard, it's why we love the game. Decisions are wrong and things like that. And what I mean by that is there's penalties fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's penalties everywhere. So I actually think when you look at half of them, you're like, well, yeah, he kind of was off his feet and it kind of didn't come through the gate. Oh, oh, maybe yeah. he did roll on the ground. Yeah, maybe. there was. No, there's
1: just not many arms there.
0: So I w- I, I would just rather less officiating.
2: Not many arms.
0: So if the TMO doesn't <laughs> fucking get involved, hook it to my veins. Um, and, like, just fuck. Take the two Australian yellow cards. Per the rules, definitely both yellow. Angus Bell, probably lucky it wasn't even worse. Um, in live motion, Tom Wright was trying to strip the ball. It would hurt more getting a high five from someone. I mean, it was horrific technique, and why is he trying <laughs> to strip the ball? But what are we doing slowing that down to make it look like some shoulder to the head? What are that's we
2: doing? It's also just a dumb thing. It goes back oh, to that idiot. dumb penalties. Ill-disciplined
0: idiot, but what are we doing? And, and the all-black yellow card at the start of their game, fucking every fourth tackle that would happen. You slow Is that it Cody down. Taylor? That was you, you, yeah, that was. Yellow. You slow it down, yeah, all right. Per the framework, no one has a choice. So let's home team producer, pop it on the screen, give no one a choice, stop the game for five minutes, throw a card in there. It is just killing the experience for me.
1: You know, That's and we're, we're six years into this. I remember the real the 2015 World Cup was where this shit really came to the top of the beer, mm. right? This is where it really, this was the head. And everyone was like, yeah, protect the players, protect the players. I mean, it's a bit shit, but yeah, protect the players. It's a bit shit. But sure, let's protect the players. We're six years down that fucking track and no one, we're, we're, no, we're no better. The gray has gotten grayer.
0: You know what, my only hope, my only saving grace is the contact in the air decisions. Remember, remember the madness we went through with that? Yeah. Like every game, there was a card for it. Um, and now we seem to have come to a reasoned, they don't check it, the ref makes a call on the field. Um, and if it's egregious, someone will be penalised or sent off. Um, it, it feels like we've... A, that gives me hope for some of these other decisions. Um, and and I don't, I'm not saying this flippantly. Like, you hear what happened to Carl Heyman. You see what's happened to DHP. We all agree we want players protected. Um, but at some point they fucking, they got to get this shit right. Yeah, and
1: it comes disgusting. to the territory. man. Oh. I, I worked in a building that was asbestos, straight up. The roof was asbestos for six years, man. It just comes to the territory. Get on with it.
2: Richard? <laughs> yeah, to move away from asbestos, all I was <laughs> going to say is uh, to move away from the referees, did it actually upset you? You know, would you have worn your Wallaby jersey on Sunday? Was it embarrassing to wear a Wallaby jersey or anything on Sunday? Or do you think that because it was in the middle of the night, no one really cared?
0: Honestly, I think um, middle of the night, Europe has saved the Australian brand. We played really good at home, Um, so there's still a bit of goodwill in this country. I I don't know um, if it was that picked up. I'm pretty bummed out, but, mate, when was the last time, other than playing New Zealand, we were $5 underdogs? Um, No one expected us to win. I think what I'm pissed off about is how ill-disciplined we were and just how bad a game of rugby it was. That's unnecessarily so let the boys
1: play man and Um, i'm not saying
0: the tmo ruins everything because it ruined reared its ugly head in the island game too sometimes the game is better than than the tmo's involvement and you can just push past it but what what's annoying me is it keeps rearing its head that's my rant i
1: think the telling thing between those two games just comparatively was just the lack of flow that Piper, it was just three rucks, blow, four rucks, blow, five rucks, blow. And and check the tape, Richard. I twice I
0: tweeted that that's bullshit when England gave away a penalty. Um, and we kicked three. But why why the fuck are we stopping for a player off his feet on an uncontested ruck when a player is off their feet every single ruck in the game? Why we saying that that
2: one's worth three points, yeah? And how
1: many times do people change their lines when they're running back for a kick? Man, it oh. happens every time. And I know wanted- the precedent was set in the
2: first four minutes, like the first two minutes. That was that's what the precedent was set tier by Anyway, let's talk positivity. Come on, let's just talk about the Island New Zealand game because I just loved watching that game in terms of just the free flowing game to use your word, Jim. Just how quick it was, speed of the rock. Um, Islands just front foot. They've you know won three out of the last six against New Zealand. You know. Uh, Jim Jim uh, Blake says all new Northern Hemisphere teams are shit, but they're obviously setting a, a platform um, about how, how the game should be played. Andy Farrell needs some credit, seven in a row. Um, they challenged the, the New Zealand wide defence. Um, some awesome moments from New Zealand as well. Will Jordan was awesome, but just a great game of rugby. And I think we need to celebrate that rather than talk about some of the, the shit that I yeah, agree a,
0: a, with. But. And on that, um, Johnny Sexton, mate. How fucking good. I
2: just Mark Eller, Shades of 1980s. Just that that wraparound. So um, simple but effective. I know you get it, there's a chance oh. you get turned over, but just he's run that him and um kind of Murray for years, and you know it's coming, but you just can't stop it. How fit must he be? Yeah.
0: How Did old you, is he? He's gotta, oh, gotta be hundred. Five hundred. Gotta be five hundred. Actually, Farrell, Sexton, Bowden Barrett all bought up the hundred tests. Who's playing at the next World Cup? And are they 10
2: for their country? I don't think any of them. I think Sexton will be the only one. If everybody's fit and everyone's playing, Sexton will be the only one who will be playing 10. Bowden will, will not play 10. I think he'll play 15 and Geordie will go in the wing and Mawango will play 10. And for England, that's great. The Marcus Smith, if it all works out, will play 10 and Farrell will play 12. So I think but the they're only all still one. at the World Cup. But I still think they'll all go. Just even for leadership benefits. like I just think they add so
1: much experience. Jim? Yeah, look, I'd be surprised if Farrell makes it. Farrell seems to be on the decline to me. Um, I don't know who's coming up in the ranks, but they looked a lot better. I mean, they were versing. Who were they versing? Taipei, is that what you said, week before? Uh, Tonga, I think, is actually the (laughs) I heard you say Taipei before. I'm still trying to figure in place. I
0: could have have sworn you said Taipei. (laughs) I (laughs) heard Taipei. don't
1: think Chinese Taipei have a team, but sure. I think Bowdoin will be 15, Owen Farrell... I don't see a spot for him. Sexton. Oh fuck yeah. Who else they got coming up? Put it here first. Um, but yeah, Ireland were epic men. And and that's the shit. I mean, why I threw all my cash on Ireland is the way in which they took to that Absolutely. game against Taipei the week before. That was a Taipei. <laughs> who did they play before? Who are you talking about? <laughs> I just thought they played that team that is not up to scratch. I don't know who it is. We talking about England or Ireland? Ireland. The week before, with such fucking vigor and week before. tenacity,
0: oh, I could have sworn it was Japan. Eh? I don't know, <laughs> Richard.
1: I think you're wrong on this one. But and there was it was clear that the, they were they were setting a tone to carry through the week in training and bring. That All Blacks encounter because that's what gets bums in seats. And that can make an entire international season.
0: Yeah, they look sharp against the Taipanese. And I thought there's just no way that's going to work against the All Blacks. Um, but but they did it. I think what the how it impresses me so much is just the uh the error-free nature of it. Um, I almost thought they were playing too much football. Um, they were almost doing the checker thing, they just went, we're not kicking it. Ever. They barely kicked away any football island because they went, well, New Zealand counterattacks, so we're not kicking it. Um, And then to even say we're not kicking for three. We know New Zealand love a cynical penalty. So you just take the three and they back themselves to score. Ireland went, no, buddy. The pressure is not stopping. Uh, And and at halftime, I was like, that's mental. Take the points. What are you doing, Ireland? How much have you left out there? You're going to have nothing in the tank in the second half. You should be ahead by 15. Um, But they just backed themselves, never gave New Zealand the ball, never took the three, and it worked because they never fucking dropped the pill. I don't know how you can handle the ball so well. Like I just, I I, I can't think of, it reminds me of Japan at the last World Cup, just that ability to just bang, 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 keep knocking that door
1: down. Common sense should have prevailed before the half there, take the three, what are you doing, mate? But every other time, most certainly... I'm in just, your corner. It was the
0: comp- confidence of the Taipanese game. Do you
2: They're know both. what? Did you see? Uh, Did you see the stats about tackles? Though like you have to give it up to New Zealand. They made two hundred and thirty-four tackles. Like that's Mental. ridiculous. Kudos again to ball retention, as you just said, but to to make two hundred and twenty-four tackles and only miss nineteen of them. Just that's ridiculous. Like unreal effort by the All Blacks to keep them out for that long. You know. And,
0: and what I thought was going to happen is just. Eventually, New Zealand would do that piss-off, 100-metre try, and that would be that. And they did it that once, and I thought, oh, that'll break Ireland. Um, but they weren't Australia. They just fucking hung in the fight.
2: Sorry, they what? Sorry? They hung in the fight, mate. Okay. I uh, think Jordan. Enjoyed- yeah, hung.
1: Okay, All Right. right. Uh, They're claws. That Taipei ju- okay. uh, ju- mentality.
2: <laughs> the Irish Taipans, I call them. <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Uh so yeah, I thought it was uh oh, I,
0: I did think though we 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 gotta call spat a spade. New Zealand were horrific in attack. Um without Aaron Smith, they looked like half the team.
2: Yeah, I was just I was actually gonna to come to that. I think because you, you would say Bowden, you know, at 10, they think oh Richie don't play, but he came on after 20 minutes. What was the biggest thing was Aaron Smith. Absolutely. His control from that nine position uh controls the tempo. Gets, them, gets the guys wider and then draws the defence wider and then the inside, they always love an inside pass. Like, I absolutely. They, they
1: yeah, the Aaron gap Smith. between Perinara and Aaron Smith is is wider than it's ever been.
2: Yeah, I
0: actually um, thought TJ played well as well, but just Aaron Smith is on another level.
1: Yeah, really are. Um, but, like, this is a depleted team, man. If Foster's coming out saying it's really hard to get the boys up, I, f- I, f- I just fully get it. Like, it's a lot of rugby.
2: It's a lot. It's interesting, and I know we're we're going to trial out a new system for our predictions this week, but I would have never uh, back to New Zealand to lose two games in a row, okay? that's a, but, but seriously, away in the Stade de France this week against an up French team that everyone increases their games to play against the All Blacks. Could you ever imagine a, a Kiwi team that's lost two games in a row? I, st-
0: I can't. I still can't even conceive of it. That's going to be a belter. Um, you kind of feel like... You know, much like the type type A team, they're like a Phoenix from the flames, the Kiwis. They're they surely gonna rise mm. from the ashes. Like this mm. will hurt them. It mm. has to.
1: Yeah, be the, the flagship bearer of Type the Taipan Airlines. Um I'm I'm confused about losing two games in a row. What? If, if they lose. If, oh, if, if they did. Ah, oh, if they did. Sorry, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they got? Are you serious? Where have you been? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking up where Taipei is, man. (laughs) Near China, mate. Chinese Taipei. I don't have any Chinese fans. Don't they take that shit? Aren't they sensitive about that shit? No, it's Taiwan. It's in the same island. Is it? Yeah, that's why I was not here. I was looking. Dark
0: and hell, Taipei's in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Rugby is the least of their worries.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh god! But it's putting them on the map, you know. It's hard to turn over a country that's got a successful rugby national team. Yeah, well they, they
2: got pumped by Ireland. <laughs> yeah, so the
1: Taipei yeah. Taipans. That's. <laughs> oh oh
2: dear! Do you want to project? Uh, forward Let's to do next it. Uh, All yeah. right, Blake. Do you want to uh, lead this? Lead us off, mate. I'm,
0: I, you got to stall. Give me a minute.
1: Yeah, I'm getting oh, it up too, Richard. Yeah, oh, yeah, really. Yeah. Tell us about your stat routine. What do you do every week when you sit down with that pad and pen?
2: And uh, just, just take a moment just to think about something that's going to, you know, win my argument and then you to it and a shit all over it and tell me the fact that, you know, it's the stats that lie and <laughs> I can't do the maths on it and they're irrelevant. And, you know, I've just made in process.
1: Up. God, to spend a day in your brain must you be amazing. Next week we have um, first yeah, tr- off Scotland. I'm trying to
0: get the lines though. I- I'm struggling. Uh, they the... mustn't be
1: released yet. It must be I too early. It, I can get New Zealand France. Can I just
2: just say, can we put that up somewhere? Blake's finally admitted he's struggling.
0: No, no, no. On this one thing, Richard, I'm I'm thriving. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Don't worry about me, mate. Okay. As long as you um, hang in,
2: as long as you hang in there, mate. That's all that matters. Um. <laughs>
0: what what we wanted to do, and what we will be doing next year for the Super Rugby, to make our predictions a bit more interesting than that little end of the podcast where you tune out. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to predict against the line. So it's not enough going to say who's going to win. We're going to look at the betting line. Uh, not that we do a scamming, but we're going to look at the betting line and say. You know, based on that, who would we give it to? So the only line that is currently available for next weekend. So this isn't going to work very well. Um, is France, New Zealand, uh, and New Zealand are giving four and a half points to France. So if you're picking New Zealand, they need to win by more than five.
2: Who are you picking, boys? I'm still taking that. Go back to I can't just back against New Zealand to. Uh, to lose two games in a row, I just it just doesn't it's it's unfathomable to me. So I'm still going to pick New Zealand, um, and I'll say probably seven plus.
1: All right, Jim, how are you on there? Look, I I know the French are still missing some key names in that team that will be a good team moving forward, and the Kiwis don't take lightly to this. This is their last um, encounter on the international stage, so I'm not expecting the the French to bag it. Um, I think the, the Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> the keys the, the Kiwis will come come through and it'll be a fruitful endeavor for them. Um yeah, I don't think the French will bag it either, Jim. Um
0: <laughs> I've got the Kiwis by more than five. Um I, I hope I'm wrong though, because I'm I'm actually one thing that's really excited me about this whole northern tour is I think uh maybe diluted we went into it. Oh yeah, southern hemispheres one, two, three. Um, and now it's a huge spanner. Australia have looked ordinary. New Zealand have been pipped by Ireland in a barnstormer. Um, I'm exciting. I'd love to see France rise to the level of hype and hope we've got for them. Crack this thing open. Um, bring it on. But, but I do think New Zealand will win. No one else? No, sweet. All right, cool. <laughs> We I'll all go. just read <laughs> Well,
1: early. yeah. I was like, we are not Someone's <laughs> going to fucking
0: carry on with the next conversation about Taipei or something. Just leave me out there to drown. All right, Wales, Australia. What do we think?
1: I just Who, don't Who's favourite, actually? It's the numbers right. aren't out. It's too early in the week, man. Numbers oh, I'm aren't out.
0: Fucking hypothesising champion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon? I reckon Wales would be the favourite, wouldn't it?
2: I actually, yeah, I would say Wales are only be slight favourites though, but no, we'll much. say the
0: lines
1: four. I
2: don't think you that that's a bit generous.
1: <laughs> What's going on here, man? Um, look, we're we're coming off the back of not some great performances. We've got some key injuries going. Looks on, Looks like Hooper too. might be out too. Yeah, with his foot, he's like, he's hopeful to return. He reckons, but um, he won't be at his hundred percent self.
0: You know, Rennie's been coach of Australia for what two years now. Hooper's yeah. the only bloke who's played every single game. Fuck that! Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, but no, that the, doesn't uh, surprise me. But it's a pretty good indicator of why we're not performing at the end of a season. Compare that to Ireland's setup.
2: Yeah, Island, but if, you, if you take it to other international teams, I reckon there's been a lot of chop and change. I don't think that's as yeah a other big teams a deal. that have
0: been unsuccessful.
2: France, New Which, Zealand, uh, choppy chopping and changing. Which Kiwi team? Which player has played every Kiwi game?
0: You'd have to have a look at it, but I think that's been part of their demise, New Zealand. I think under the last administration, Carter, McCaw, Retallick, Reed, Reid, the Moody, they all played every minute of every game. I actually think part of their demise has been this grow the squad thing. Every game I'm like, who the fuck's that bloke?
2: Oh, he's still very good though.
0: I saw mate, they're all very good, but I think they've lost they i mean the way they're handled on the weekend they look like a disjointed team. Uh, and I think it is that it's that world cup cycle and it's a touring thing. it's like what France sent down to Australia um it's it's not
1: unsurprising that it but it robs us of that test match quality, mm, some thievery. I think on an away game like this where the, the home ground is keen for it, you can't let matches be decided in the last 10 minutes as the away team. Time and time again, we see that not sway the way of the visiting team. We saw it on the weekend with New Zealand. We saw it on the weekend with Australia, the week before with Australia and Scotland. Um, you need to come in. You need to dominate early and let them bleed out. Who are you picking, Jim? Wow. wow. Um, picking I'm, – I'm going Australia here. Wales haven't been impressive. I didn't watch the team when they were fully spotted up. I didn't watch that game. Uh, but I'm going to go Australia because fuck, I want him to win. I just want him to.
0: Richard, who are you on?
2: Uh, like Wales is kind of your bunny. You always kind of beat Wales, don't you? Not always, I suppose, but the majority of time. Bunny. That's yeah. the expression. Ooh, is that
0: expression? You know, I heard that in
2: cricket. Yes. Yeah, if you ever play cricket?
0: cricket, you wouldn't surprise you. You're on the cricket report card, Jim. You need to
2: do better. Come on, man. Um, bunny. All right. Yes, Jim. Um, oh, let's go with Australia. I can just get think... one, mate. There oh, yeah, no, all right. in there, Richie. One of us. One of us. <laughs> one of us. Um, oh. Can I just say one of us? That means that I'm partly English and partly American. Then, yes, I'm one of you guys, yes. All right. We, we got something in common there, Richie. Um, uh,
0: Tupo and Hooper plays. We win.
2: They don't play, we lose. That's I, I don't know if they're fit. And then you'll be one of four for your international series. And- yeah, and
0: I guess say we do win this and, and you boys have both picked Australia, is it a successful tour um, given? Of course not. No.
2: Let's
0: no. I, I run the tape back a few weeks ago. I think before it, we said two out of three is success, one yeah. out of three is failure, three exactly. out of three is fucking nudie brands.
1: Oh, it's out. Uh, yeah, nudies. Yeah. So it's it's not the bowling a alley. No, of course not. Not a success yeah. at all. it started, be... I get fucked up in Japan when they all went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. No. Nah. Yeah, I'll yeah. play. Oh, no. Nah. Yeah, it's not a success
2: because it'll be waived if you win. It's one out of three. The game, whether you win or not, it's still not been a successful tour. And I think not only the results, I think the way that you've played makes it a not very successful tour. I don't think you just need to look at the results.
0: All I'm saying is give me a weekend free of the TMO. Hmm. Just trial it out, hey. What do the fuck you got to lose, man? I don't care if there's the, the fucking 2007 Rugby World Cup forward pass. I don't give a fuck. Neither. And then if it's Wales scoring off it in the 80s. Nah, and that's years, fine. I get just to go. don't want the TMO involved in the game. Could you imagine the rant I would go on if that happened? But oh,
2: unbelievable.
0: <laughs> I just... Don't want a TMO involvement.
1: Oh, I reckon we got to start a petition to get an FMO, get a fourth in there who can just shut the TMO up. Just the TMO just fucking blowing up, and he's doing shit. We get the FMO in there to just cap him, and we move on. <laughs> See, can man. I
2: just can I just clarify that it is definitely the fourth match official, not just the fucking match official? Yeah, I was, trying to, work, yeah. No, I was
0: trying to work. there. I was definitely the fourth. Yeah, the fourth.
2: And then it's when he gets clarify. carried
0: away, we'll get a fifth. And we get some geezer from Taipei to just cut the TMO off once he gets out of hand. Check, check. Not today, buddy. <laughs>
2: um, all right, just quickly rattle through the other ones. I imagine we're all going to predict if England play the same way, South Africa will strangle them and, uh, and unfortunately,
1: South Africa will win. Is that what we're all anticipating? I'm going against South Africa here. I'm expecting England to win. That goes against the line for me. Uh, I'm 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 kind of optimistic for England in that the way they played, it was shithouse,
0: but the the ability to be expansive could rattle South Africa. When you think of the only person who could crack their code this year, um, that's the hope. I think for them if who are you pick, picking, man. Well, is England's front row fit? <laughs> is England's front row fit? If they run out the bums they ran out against us, they're gonna get destroyed. Um, if they've got their first choice front row, they're still going to get pumped, but they might be able to hang on it. No, look, South Africa.
1: Look, I'm going England for sure. I just reckon um, they've they've got Francois Steyn's number. They know how to shut his game down, um, which will play a huge impact here. Huge impact. And if you don't think Francois is going to influence this test match, you're wrong. He will. Uh, uh,
2: At uh, 95 years old, I would imagine he's got a lot of life left in him and I want to, you know, continue that theme of kicking, killing England. Um, I feel like we need to take a moment, though, to talk about Italy, Uruguay and Japan, um, Scotland, both huge games in this, um, this season. So you're both going for the away team, uh, Japan and Uruguay?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's their problem, isn't
0: it? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, well, look, I enjoyed this one, boys. It was good yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the, the last weekend of rugby next weekend.
1: It's been um, a long year, huh? And I just want to point out, traditionally, we don't really do a podcast at the end of the last week. We usually wrap this one up. So we've got to make the effort. If oh, you rewind the tapes. Don't
0: put us on the spot, Jim. Yeah, come on, Jim. What are you doing, no,
1: man? No one's listening at this point, aren't we? We're fucking 50 minutes in analysing one game.
0: <laughs> um all right well thanks for listening
1: do you know well, what we should just say uh, get we should just just
2: see if everyone's listening we should just get someone to just, just tweet something ridiculous to see if actually anyone likes to if you are still it. listening
0: we would like you to tweet uh jim what do you
1: got fucking start getting i vote for fmo <laughs> <laughs> there you go i vote for fmo
0: to world rugby yeah, yeah absolutely and you got on a tag. twitter
1: Tag the IRB in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening. You're see ready. people.
1: All right. See ya.